The torque and transmission load data are looking good. Great. Let's proceed to the rough road tests. You got it. As you can see, astronaut flight training isn't like anything you've ever experienced before. It is intense. We would like to invite you into our Oasis courtyard to experience the awakening. A special pre-opening where we celebrate the birth of a new day. W Radio. Your information station. Welcome to the WDW Radio Show. Your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and I want to thank you for tuning in again this week. This is show number 61 for the week of April 6th, 2008. In this week's Walt Disney World news, there's some important information coming from the Walt Disney World Resort about what the future holds for guests looking to stay on property, as well as more from the resorts and the Magic Kingdom. The Walt Disney World rumor mill was quiet this week, but stay tuned next week for more rumors from the parks. With all of the wonderful news coming out of the DVC this week, I wanted to bring you what I can best describe as the ultimate guide to the Disney Vacation Club. From pleased to be joined by Michael Collier, Quality Assurance Manager for Disney's Vacation Club, who spent some time with me not only answering some frequently asked questions, but explains the process, cost, point system, and benefits. He'll also help clear up some of the misconceptions and concerns, explains what happens once you step inside one of the kiosks located around property, and so much more. It's an in-depth look at all the aspects of the DVC and why the Disney Vacation Club might be right for you and your family. In my continuing tribute to Disney's Animal Kingdom's 10th anniversary, which is being celebrated in the parks this coming Earth Day, April 22nd, I want to once again welcome in one of Disney's Animal Kingdom's cast members that works backstage to help make the magic for us on stage. He is a zoological manager at Disney's Animal Kingdom's Animal Nutrition Center, and he gives us a unique look at just how the thousands of animals around the parks and resorts get their share of the exceptional dining options at Walt Disney World. I'll answer more of your emails about half-day tickets, the International Gateway, Darkwing Duck and Walt Disney World, and more, and I'll also play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. begin this week's look at the Walt Disney World news over in the Magic Kingdom on Main Street USA, where the Chapeau recently opened after a brief refurbishment, and as I had mentioned a few weeks ago, guests can now create their own custom Mickey ears, complete with a variety of ear, hat, and decorative options. However, as part of the refurbishment, the store was extended into the area formerly occupied by the Disney Vacation Club. Now, the tying into the rumor that I mentioned back in early March, it looks as though the permit filing for the Fantasyland Circus Wagon will, in fact, be an alternative DVC kiosk location. I'll put a link in this week's show notes page to the permit application, and of course, when the new kiosk does open, 
I'll be sure to let you know and get photos for you for the site. The large bronze statue of Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse located in the hub of the Magic Kingdom, known as Partners, seemed just a little bit different on my recent visit. Mickey Mouse seems to have changed just slightly, as though the patina on his face, pants, and shoes has been purposely altered to give it a more gold appearance, which is in stark contrast to the original bronze color of the statue. I think it was a nice enhancement to the statue and doesn't take away from the artistic integrity of it at all. I want to quickly mention one brief refurbishment that's taking place this summer. Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be closed from June 5th through June 18th, so plan your vacation and your potential disappointment ahead of time. As far as I know, there'll be no significant changes or additions expected to take place, but then again, you never know. We'll see what happens when it reopens in mid-June. Effective today, Sunday, April 6th, 2008, the pricing structure for ECVs, which are the electric convenience vehicles, and stroller rentals, which hasn't had a price increase in three years, will be as follows in not just the Magic Kingdom, but all the Disney theme parks and downtown Disney areas. An ECV rental will now be $45 per day with a $20 refundable deposit. That'll be a $100 in downtown Disney. A single stroller rental is $15 per day with no deposit. You can also do a length of stay stroller rental. That's $13 per day. A double is $31 per day with no stroller deposit. Or a length of stay double stroller rental is just $27 per day. Let's move right over to the resorts because this summer, the Wave is going to debut at Disney's Contemporary Resort. That's going to serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's going to be located on the first floor of the tower with what's called a super lounge. It's going to be an upscale restaurant offering bold American cooking with flavors from all over the world. The menu is going to be seasonal and feature local and regional products when possible. Organic beers and trendy cocktails such as the antioxidant Cosmo with a Kai juice. The innovative wine list has a quirky claim to fame. All the wine bottles are screw caps, no cork. There's also going to be some cutting-edge wines from around the globe that are going to be showcased. Again, that'll be opening this summer. Once I get an exact date, I will, of course, report it here on the show. The first 2,500 kids ages 14 and under who are going to be attending each of the Tampa Bay Rays' three games against the Toronto Blue Jays at Disney's Wide World of Sports from April 22nd through the 24th are going to receive a limited-edition Rays mini baseball bobblehead of Disney characters. The bobbleheads are going to feature Donald Duck on April 22nd, Goofy on April 23rd, and Mickey Mouse on April 24th, all decked out in Rays baseball attire. Walt Disney World has just announced its spring room-only offer for room-only discounts in April through May. If you book from March 27th through April 19th, travel most Sunday through Thursday nights from April 20th through May 21st, you can visit DisneyWorldTrivia.com to get the code, as well as book through my recommended travel provider, Mouse Fan Travel. You're looking at rates for value resorts from $84 per night. Villa resorts, including a Saratoga Springs studio, start at just $224 per night. Now, maybe owning a vacation club property isn't quite what you had in mind. No, you'd rather do something like live not just near Walt Disney World, but in it. Well, soon you may just be able to, as the Orlando Sentinel is reporting that Walt Disney World is negotiating with Orange County on plans to build homes on what was Disney's Eagle Pines golf course. It appears that three-story mansions and hundreds of other homes, most value at millions of dollars apiece, are going to be built along the banks of the Walt Disney World canals and sold to private individuals in a project that's currently being reviewed by Orange County officials. The homes will mostly be single-family residences, but may include a few condominiums. The nearby Osprey Ridge Golf Course, which has also been closed down, is also going to be incorporated into this development, which is now being called the Northeast Resort. 
Disney has remained relatively quiet at this point, but if you recall, back in March of 2007, they did confirm that they would likely be building a luxury housing resort on 429 acres in the northeast corner of the property. The anchor for this resort is going to be the Four Seasons Luxury Hotel, located on another section of the former Eagle Pines Golf Course. Now, Disney is asking Orange County to rezone this property as a planned development with areas defined for single-family homes, multifamily homes, timeshare units, and conservation easements. The Sentinel is further reporting that the project could encompass as many as 373 single-family homes, 200 multifamily homes, and 60 timeshare units. Orange County would provide such services as utilities, fire protection, and sheriff's patrols because the property is also going to be de-annexed from the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which is the independent government district which was created back in 1967. So technically, you won't be quote-unquote on Disney property per se, and thus you're not going to have voting privileges in Reedy Creek, etc., but you will be located inside the Walt Disney World Resort. It's being speculated that Disney might market these homes to overseas markets where guests might come and stay for weeks or even months at a time and for whom the dollar's value might make it an attractive purchase. Otherwise, due to the high cost, it's expected that some homes might be used as primary residences for people moving from other locations in the United States. Now, work has already begun clearing the land for the custom homes and it's expected that it won't be completely finished for upwards of 10 years. Of course, I'll report on any new information as it's released, but to discuss this or any other news items, or if you have any other news that you want to share, you can visit the WDWRadio.com forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. By now, we all know about Disney's best-kept secret, or worst-kept secret, and that's Disney's Vacation Club. We see the kiosks throughout the parks, we see the materials online and throughout the resorts, but a lot of us don't know maybe all the ins and outs of, of the DVC, what it is, and why maybe the DVC is right for us. And for, for many people, DVC is known as Disney's version of a timeshare, and that is a misnomer uh, for many reasons, um, in, in both name and in concept. And to help answer some of these questions and maybe clear up some of those things is Michael Collier. He is the Quality Assurance Manager for Disney Vacation Club, and I want to welcome him to the WDW Radio Show. Hey, Lou, how's it going? Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for coming on, and, and we're actually sitting outside uh, of the very beautiful um, Saratoga Springs Resort. We're by the pool. We're enjoying some of the atmosphere here. We thought this would be a nice place to kind of sit and talk about it. And, and like I said, Michael, to start off, you know, like I said, we all kind of, we've seen the, the kiosks. We know about the DVC, and uh, I'm sure... You, like many other people, you know, cringe when we hear it's Disney's version of the timeshare because uh, for many reasons it, it is different. So what, can you tell us a little bit, starting off, maybe why the Disney Vacation Club isn't a timeshare and what sort of the advantages are of it? We like to describe it as Disney's version of uh, vacation ownership. It truly is because a lot of people, what we found is that we have guests that come to Disney and we've asked them is, if there was one thing that you could do at Disney, what would it be? And they've said that they would love to own a piece of the magic. 
And so Disney Vacation Club really allows our, our guests to be able to own a piece of that magic, uh, have a place to call home, away from home, which is one of the reasons why when you are greeted here at Disney Vacation Club, the first thing that we tell you is, welcome home. And uh, our, our guests really do appreciate it. It is very different from what many people know as timeshares being the kind of the high-pressure um, you know, sales types of environments and, and um what our members find is that when they come to our open house, it's very much the opposite of that. You can walk up to one of the Disney Vacation Club kiosks just to ask for directions or to ask for information about the Disney Vacation Club. And uh, we have there what we call ASAs, our advanced sales associates, um, who help you to understand a little bit more about Disney Vacation Club. And if it's something that you want to find out more about, we set you up with a, um, a time to visit the open house, and, and we can get you over here, or you can drive here yourself and find out more at the open house. All right, what I thought we'd do, too, is maybe address some of those questions, because, like I said, we all kind of understand it in concept, but really don't know about the DVC, or maybe who is it for? You know, is a DVC just for those people that come every six months or every year? Uh, who really is, is best served by, by the DVC? That's a great question. You know, Disney Vacation Club is really for everybody, every family, anybody who enjoys fun and vacationing and this Florida sun, absolutely. Because it's, um, we have a lot of DVC members who, they do, they come every three months, four months. Uh, sometimes they come twice a year or uh, sometimes they come as much as four times a year. But then we also have those members who, it's their first time here at Disney. It's their first time being able to experience Disney. And um, they find that the Disney Vacation Club allows them to experience it in a way that, you know, rather than paying for that vacation every year, that becomes more expensive every year, they can come into the Disney Vacation Club as a member and pay today's prices uh, for vacationing that's going to be happening for pretty much the next 50 years at today's prices. They don't have to worry about the cost of those vacations going up. So what it really comes down is to uh, their vacations are paid for. All they have to do is show up, you know, find a way to get here, and, and obviously take care of food when they get here, which is a great, re- <laughs> which is a great reason why the Disney, uh, Disney Dining Plan is a great deal as well because now our members are able to get the Disney Dining Plan uh, when they book their vacations. And obviously this is just kind of one of the many benefits. And we're going to talk about some of the other membership benefits that people get from the DVC, again, as opposed to maybe a timeshare somewhere else, above and beyond, again, being able to stay on a Disney resort and the exceptional service. Michael, obviously one of the most important considerations for anybody that's considering the DVC, and maybe it's one of the things that keeps them from entering that kiosk, is the cost. People might say, well, you know what, there's no way I can afford a timeshare, certainly not on Disney because it's going to be way too expensive, but that's not really the case. Absolutely. You know, that, that is one of the things that hold people back, but you don't know what you don't know. And one of the things that they will find out at the kiosks is that what the price is, the price at the minimum price is $16,640. Now, you know, you may say, well, gosh, what does that get me? Well, that gets you 160 points. We talked a little bit about the, the, the point chart and how that works. And when you think about that $16,000, that's going to get you anywhere from a 45 to 50 year vacation time frame. Okay. So that $16,000 is paying for the vacation that you're going to be taking 50 years from now at today's dollar. When you look at the fact that the average family size of about four spends anywhere from $3,000 to $4,000 per vacation. And if they're doing vacationing, you know, once or twice a year, say they're doing it even once a year, $3,000 a year, 
in five years is $15,000. Now, yeah, after that five years, you know what? You had a fantastic time, even if you did spend it at Disney here, and you have all those pictures and those, those, uh, those video camera memories. But you know what? Those vacations are over. And now next year, you know what? The prices are going to continue to increase. Here with the Disney Vacation Club, when you become a member, your, your price is locked in. So if you, if you entered at $16,640, that sixteen grand is going to get you 50 years of vacationing, or just about, you know. And uh, the, the membership here at Disney Saratoga Springs Resort doesn't expire until January of 2054, the year 2054. And at Disney's Animal Kingdom, Villas, uh, it doesn't expire until January of 2057. So you can do the math, and, and once you start to realize that that with the with the annual dues of just being, you know, having that maintenance and that upkeep, uh, you know, you, you never have to worry about cutting the grass here. You never have to worry about taking care of the pool. You never have to worry about the paint on the building or anything else. It just it just makes sense. And so I would really, um, you know, press upon our, our our guests and our members to look more into it because it's there's a, a great wealth of information out there, and you'll you'll, you'll be very pleasantly surprised, I'm sure. And, you know, just trying to quickly do the math on my head, above and beyond just really paying for your vacation in five years. I mean, you've, you can justify it after five years, but consider if you kind of break it down night for night, you're going to be paying the same, if not even possibly even less than what you'd be paying at a moderate resort on a per-night basis. Absolutely, absolutely. When you start to do the, do the math on it, um, for the amount of points that you're going to be using, say for you know, a one- or two-bedroom, um, even in a studio in many, in many cases, the amount of points that you're using for the studio, over that, over that time frame, that 50-year um, time frame, when you start to break it all down, you're paying less for that studio per night than you would at even one of our value resorts. But the best part about, one of the best parts about the Disney Vacation Club, too, is that you can use your points at our deluxe villas resorts. You can use them at our um, deluxe resorts such, a, such as uh, Disney's Contemporary Resort and, and Disney's Polynesian Resort. Um, you can also use them at our moderate resorts, just like uh, Disney's Coronado Springs and Disney's Port Orleans resorts. So you have a, a vast array of different vacation options and it really just depends on what our members are want to do how they want to vacation and I, you know i bring up the the minimum purchase price but you could start anywhere from sixteen thousand six hundred forty dollars to up to two hundred and three hundred thousand dollars you know so it's really all about how our our members like to vacation most and if you're a a one-time-of-year type of family or if you're a once every other year type of family we have a vacation plan that would work for you as well so really, you're getting a larger room at a, at least a moderate or, or deluxe resort with more amenities and more benefits that's going to be paid off in five years for 50 years of vacations. You know, when you just kind of talk it out that way and do the math that way, it just makes sense. Absolutely. You know, we have financing from one, five, and ten years. So most of our members usually have their vacation, uh, the, the, their membership paid off within seven to ten years, you know. Or, and um, actually, I should say really six to seven years they have it all paid off. And uh, we find that they break even at about that seven or eight year mark if you're coming once or twice a year. Um, and so from from there, everything else, as we say, is, is just gravy on top, really, because it's uh, you have over 40-something va- uh, years of vacation to, to, um, to complete. And you shouldn't let that, the 16,000 number shouldn't throw you off because you don't need to walk in and plunk down $16,000 when you, when you leave uh, the resort that day. You can obviously, like I said, finance it over time and, again, do the math, $16,000 over 10 years. Exactly. Um, Exactly, and that's the way that's the way to look at it, and and obviously comparing it to the way that you vacation now, uh, the amenities that you are getting 
for what you're paying at a regular resort. And then you look at what you can be getting with the membership using your points at these deluxe resorts. Um, and I think when, it, when our members look at that, just, just the bare bones of it, it, it really does make sense. And it's a, it opens up a whole new world for them. So what is that, that 16,000 or roundabout number? Yeah. What does that get you as far as, you know, are we looking at terms of weeks or, or where can they stay? Can you explain to us maybe the point system and what your home resort is and, and sort of the flexibility yeah. that all that gives you? Right. So in addition to the, the affordability, we have the flexibility, being that we do operate on a point system. Uh, the Disney Vacation Club point chart is based on three different things. You have the resort that you're staying in, the size of your vacation home, and the season of use. So... Obviously, during a high season, you're going to be using more points, um, but also you can choose where you want to stay. So different resorts will choose to use different points. And then the, the size of your vacation home will also garner different points. Um, so that really allows you to have that, that flexibility in how you would like to, to, um, to break your vacation up. You may choose to do maybe two days in a studio and another night or two in a two-bedroom. Um, but that $16,000 purchase gets you 160 points. And to give you an example, during, uh, during the value season um, here at Saratoga Springs Resort, or, um, it could be about 11 points or 8 I think it's 9 to 11 points a night at a studio. So you can imagine with, you know, if, it is, if, it's, not, if it's 11 points a night at a studio and you have 160 points for your year, and this 160 points is given to you every year. So you can deplete the 160, take as many vacations as you want to, or use it all up in one big vacation, and then you can come back and do it again the next year. And if you want to, if, if, if you're not the type of family that chooses to vacation every single year, um, you can do what we call banking your points, and you can bank those 160 points so you can defer them until the next year. And so what that does is takes your 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 160 points that you have this year and couples them with next year's 160 points. So now you're talking 320 points to vacation with. And like I said, if you're staying in a studio or maybe a one or two bedroom, however the size of your family, um, you know, whatever you need, uh, it allows you to get quite a bit of a vacation. During the peak season in Hawaii, you know, you can use these points not only just at Disney Vacation Club resorts. We have eight Disney Vacation Club resorts, but we also have over 500 vacation options available to you outside of the Disney Vacation Club resorts. And um, one of those being, you know, you and I were just talking about Hawaii, a very well sought after destination. Many people love to go and have been, and many people haven't been. Well, during the peak season in Hawaii in a one-bedroom, using the Disney Vacation Club points, 160 points will get you a full week, a full week in Hawaii during the peak season. That's not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to I'm starting to you know find myself looking to maybe go back into Saratoga Springs and and talk about this some more because yeah. it, one of the things I wanted to talk about too was the flexibility. You know, people say, well, I'm buying at Saratoga Springs or I'm buying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, but you're not locked in to your quote unquote home resort. Can you explain to us the home resort and the other properties um, at Walt Disney World and the other places? Worldwide, in addition to Hawaii, obviously there's Disneyland as well. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, here at Disney Vacation Club, like I said, there are eight resorts that you can use your points in towards the Disney Vacation Club resorts. Those are, um, you know, including Vero Beach down in South Florida. You can go to Hilton Head, Disney's Hilton Head Island Resort. Um, you can use your points here at Saratoga Springs, uh, also Disney's Animal Kingdom Villas, uh, which is one of our newest additions. So there, there's eight resorts that are in this DVC family to use your points. Um, 
and it really allows you to have that home resort. That home resort is if you, when, when you come in and you buy at Disney Saratoga Springs Resort, the home resort really gives you an advantage because you get an 11-month priority period to make your reservations, as opposed to someone who might own at Disney's Animal Kingdom Villas, they will only have seven months to make those reservations here at Saratoga Springs Resort. But their home resort, Animal Kingdom Villas, allows them 11 months to make their reservations there. So it gives you that 11 and 7 month priority period uh, by having the home resort. Um, And again, that adds to that flexibility. Right, and that's one of the things I was thinking too was, again, who is the DVC for? Is it for the family that, you know, on a whim says, hey, let's go to, let's go to Walt Disney World next month, and they do that a couple times a year? Or is it for the family that says, you know what, my kids are only out of school, I can only take off work during this time of year, and I want to book my vacation for 2009. So I'm assuming it's really for, for kind of both. Yeah, it's for everybody, as I said. It's, it's you know, for the, for the guest that comes once, twice, maybe three times a year, or it's for the guest that comes once every other year. It really just depends on how you want to vacation. And that's the difference. One of the major differences with the Disney Vacation Club is that we're here to make sure that we can cater to your style of vacationing. Uh, when you come to the open house, there's, there's going to be a lot of questions that are asked about your vacationing style because we want to understand how you vacation. We don't want you to necessarily vacation how we want you to vacation, So, which is why you're not locked into coming into the exact same resort, the exact same room during the exact same week every year. You know, that, that's just not the way that it works. And, and uh, it's, it's truly paid off because our members truly love the flexibility. We've been around for almost over 16 years now. And uh, we have very many members who, who will give testimonials as to how great the Disney Vacation Club is and how it's been for their family. It's a great thing when you can, you can have the, the Disney Vacation Club to fall back on to make those magical memories for your family. Because when you think about it, your family now, you know, the average family size of, you know, family of four comes down on vacation. Well, over years, over the years, that family starts to grow. You know, you reach different milestones. Maybe it's a, it's a graduation, a high school graduation where, uh, you know, rather than giving a small graduation gift to, to Cancun or something, <laughs> maybe you want to go to, um, you want to send them down to Disney or maybe to use their points here, here in Hawaii. Um, so you can you can give them the, the gift of the Disney Vacation Club and using even maybe even a portion of your points to allow them to do a lot of those vacation have the have those vacation experiences, um, you know, through marriage we, we have a lot of people who, who will come down for their honeymoons, on their points. We have a lot of people who uh, will come just as a gift. I mean, many people will buy Disney Vacation Club as a Christmas gift. So their parents will come in and they'll buy this thing and they'll, they'll say, okay, I understand you're going to send all the information, but don't send it until like December 26th. Do not send it before, you know, or they want to make sure, of course, that uh, the membership kit that we send them once they become members, they want to make sure that they get it so that they can actually wrap it up and have it under that Christmas tree. So that when that family opens that, they get that, that, that nice surprise of uh, being able to vacation, like I said, for uh, 50 years and it's already taken care of. And you talk about family growing and things changing. You know, say I buy X amount of points, but I find, you know what, I, I don't want to just go once, you know, a, a year for a week. I want to come a couple more times. Can you add on points? Can you buy more points? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can actually add points all the way up to 2,000 points at your home resort and up to 5,000 points collectively at all of our DVC resorts. <laughs> That's called just moving in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're, you're moving in. And again, it puts a whole new spin on welcome home <laughs> when you have that many points because uh, we have some members that own 5,000 points, you know, and they will 
will come down and usually they're retired, you know, uh, but they, they'll come down and they'll stay for about six months at a time. And, uh, and you know, Disney is, is truly their second vacation home. It, it, it is a, a, a place where they escape to to get away from, you know, the, the reality of the world and come into the place where fantasy is reality and reality is fantastic. Absolutely. And again, there's so many benefits that are obvious of, of staying at a, at a DVC resort and staying on property. Again, just looking around Saratoga Strings, I've had occasion to, to stay here and it's, it's spectacular. I mean, some of the rooms are amazing. Yeah. But what are some of the other benefits of being a DVC member? You talk about being welcomed home and you, you're kind of part of this this larger family that obviously has a lot more benefits than just being able to stay here when you need to. Right. Well, in, in becoming a member, you also have your own what we call DVC member services advisors. Those That's the, the department where when you call to make those reservations, you're not just calling the regular Disney line anymore. Now you're calling your DVC member line. Um, that gets you your one-stop shop to take care of your reservations. They can help you to take care of your uh, your flight, your, your, your plane tickets. They can help you to set up your dining. It's And that is reserved just for our Disney Vacation Club members. Also, just by becoming a member, you start saving money on the things that you were going to do anyway, such as uh, shopping and eating. You know, we have great shops and great restaurants around. As you know, Disney Saratoga Springs Resort is located right across from downtown Disney. So you can either walk there or you can take the, the water taxi to get over. Um, but there, in there, you have all of these shops and all of our DVC members receive a DVC membership card. And that card gets them uh, countless discounts across property at different restaurants and mer- merchandise locations from anywhere from 10 to 20 percent off. And there's a, when our members check into a DVC resort, they get what we call our uh, DVC perks pages. And that gets updated, but it shows where those discounts are so that when our members come in, all they do is flip through. They find the dining portion of the booklet, find where they get the biggest discount, and they go there to eat. So uh, that's one of the great perks as well. We have uh, the Disney Vacation Club uh, member golf program where our members can get discounts on golf and as you know we have 99 fantastic holes of golf here at Walt Disney World so uh, you can always find a a beautiful place to play Um, and again just having that comfort and that peace of mind of knowing that you're going to have that Disney quality of of guest service regardless You, you know from the the kiosk where you first find out the information to the transportation driver who, who is taking you over to the open house to the very when you step off of the van and go into the front desk and they say welcome home how can I help you and they already are, they are already expecting you to be there um, so they set you up and and you can go on to uh, tour and see our open house and check out the the models for the Disney's Animal Kingdom villas villas as well as the uh, Disney Saratoga Springs Resort rooms and um, and then to the quality assurance managers that'd be me uh, and my team what we do is take care of you uh, making sure that you understand and and we can review the membership with you we go over the documents that we're going to sign to make sure that you understand how that all works what your membership you know what your membership entails and um, just make sure that you're comfortable with becoming a member and and from there, we, we can help you to, to make those first reservations through the member services, Disney Vacation Club member services. Something else, you know, people, I guess I almost took it for granted that people might not realize is the difference between the rooms, between a, a resort room and a villa. You know, with these, they're referred to as villas. 
and the different types of rooms are available. Some of the amenities that are included in a DVC villa as opposed to what right. you'd find in your room at an all-star resort or a moderate or even a deluxe. Tell us a little bit about the, the different types of rooms and, and what kind of amenities people could expect to find in there. Let me ask you, Lou, have you ever checked into a resort room and said, gosh, this is a little... This is a little cramped. I need a little bit of elbow room. Well, that's one of the things that the villas with uh, Disney Vacation Club allows you to do. We have our deluxe villas where you know you have the, the kitchenette inside, you have the, the the couch, you have the TVs, you have the, the many times the two bedrooms, separated bedrooms, um, queen size beds. Uh, you can request the the king bed as well. Um, the fold out couch. You have beautiful. Uh, furniture that's in there so it really just gives you that room it gives you you know you have the the stove in there you have the oven you have your dishware included you have you know the microwave in there if you just want to make a a quick meal Um, and and many of them have patios where you can just sit out and and enjoy some of that that florida sunshine and so it really does give you that space as opposed to what a resort room would give you which is why we do refer to them as our villas Um, even in the studio you'll find that you have a lot more room in the studio than than in many of the the uh, hotel rooms that that people are used to and to get that sense you know you say welcome home but to get that sense of being home maybe because some of those amenities are there and i know for myself who has two young kids Granted, I won't start cooking meals, especially with all the restaurants that, that I have to choose from. Right. But in the mornings, when you're getting everybody ready, maybe you don't want to go sit down and have a full breakfast. It's nice to be able to make the kids a quick breakfast or have a snack in the middle of the afternoon if you come back to the pool. And like you said, the kids can go to the pool, you can go back, you can sit on the balcony, and it really becomes a vacation resort destination as opposed to get to the room, drop off the bags, run to the park. So you can really enjoy your, your resort. You know, and to that point, uh, one of the great things that our members are able to do is send a list, uh, pretty much a grocery list, of what they would like when they show up here to, to our DVC resorts. Let member services know. And, for instance, here at Disney Saratoga Springs Resort, uh, member services will make sure that that list gets included in their reservation so that when they arrive... Uh, all of their groceries are taken care of at what we, what we have as Artist Palette. It's, uh, it's um, a counter service um, eatery, but it also has the the, um, the place where you can get the you know you can buy your milk, you can buy cereal, you can buy um, quick sandwiches and things like that. But you can also buy a few groceries that you might need if you do want to cook in the rooms in, in, inside of the villas. So that's a really great advantage of having again that that service that member services is able to provide you but also just having that convenience of being able to call and say here's what i need can you make it happen and that's one thing that we do we make the magic happen for our members and the thing too is nice is if you have a large family or if you're traveling with a large extended family you can go beyond just the studios and the one bedrooms and two bedrooms i mean you can there are um accommodations that can house a, a much greater size family if you can all yeah. spend you all don't mind being in the same facility for that right. long <laughs> right well we have like here at disney saratoga springs resort our grand villas is a three-bedroom um a two-story uh unit that holds 12 people up to 12 people and uh i mean you talk about space it's over 2,000 square feet that's bigger than my condo that I live in now, so almost <laughs> twice the size. So you can all imagine. I mean, and these are the places that people have only dreamed of being able to stay in. Most most people vacation, and you know, they, they find themselves in those resort rooms. And and if you have up to twelve people vacationing with you in normal circumstances, you are uh, you're going to rent out what three or four rooms to make sure that everybody is taken care of. Whereas with our grand villas, you can have the, the whole family together. 
And you can imagine what a Super Bowl party would look like <laughs> in a grand villa or Thanksgiving or Christmas or, you know, many of these holidays, these cherished holidays that our families like to create those memories for anyway. Uh, we have many member families that come down during those holidays. We have, uh, you know, Christmas traditions that are held here. Um, uh, because families families come down every Christmas. That's their that's their family tradition. And uh, even if you're staying in a two bedroom, again, this goes to that flexibility. If you're staying in a one or two bedroom, and the family isn't coming in until you know some sometime later on in the week, you can you can set it up with member services so that even if you are staying in a one bedroom for four out of the five nights that you're going to be here, that last night can be spent in that grand villa where you have those three bedrooms. Up to twelve people can stay in there, and uh, you know that's up to twelve people sleeping in there. So it can fit a lot more than twelve people in there, and um, you can have that. You can make that that family member. Uh, very special yeah and I know just speaking personally that was always you know that's that's what I love about here are um, it was born out of the memories that my family and I had together and we've we've traveled with our extended family and again like you spoke about we would try and have those four five six rooms you, you know my parents want to have an adjoining room so they could yeah. see the grandkids here that's not an issue anymore and there's much more livable space that people can go and just relax. So if grandma and grandpa want to stay around and just relax and sit on the balcony, the kids have a place they can go play. Everybody's got a bedroom. You're not on top of each other, which is a nice feature. And you have all of the resort amenities. I mean, you, you're, you, you, know, you see the pool right here, and it's packed. You know, it's, it's uh, spring break for a lot of, a lot of the, the, the students, and uh, Easter is just over. So we have a, a lot of member families that are down here just enjoying the Florida sunshine, like I said, getting away from some of the, the brisk weather that's that's going on up north right now um but you know you have resort amenities like the pool we have a beautiful arcade we have a game room where our 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 member members can go in and play playstation you know play all of the games that they, they, they enjoy playing um we have where you can rent the Surrey bikes. So, you know, the family of, of four, you know, four people can ride the bikes together and do that as a family and uh, take those pictures and enjoy. Um, and it, it's things like that that keep our members coming back. And, and we, we are constantly uh, looking looking for ways to improve our, our level of service and, and the level of amenities that we're able to provide to our members. And they appreciate it. And then, like, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier, but to go back to it was – you don't only have these resorts that you can stay in. You don't only have the eight Disney Vacation Club resorts that you can stay in. You can choose Tokyo Disney Resort. You can go to Hong Kong Disneyland. You can go to countless places throughout Europe. Um, you can also use your points towards Adventures by Disney. You know, Adventures by Disney, as you know, is a guided tour experience where everything is taken care of. Many of the meals are included throughout your stay. Um, Actually, for my honeymoon, I'm planning to go to Costa Rica to nice. do the, the 10 day Adventures by Disney trip, Costa Rica, where you can go zip lining through the rainforest and you, you know, your meals are included. You go to Arenal, where the volcano is. Uh, you can you know, peek down in, in, into the volcano, go into the rainforest, and all of these things that, like I said, most people can only dream of. We're able to use our points to do that. And um, it, it is, it is truly amazing. Yeah, and that's the nice thing. That's exactly where I was going next because that, that's a recent addition that you can now use your points not just for a Walt Disney World vacation or Hawaii or Vera Beach. You can now use them for the Disney Cruise Line and, again, the Adventures by Disney, Costa Rica. We're not just talking about places that are in the continent of the United States. We're talking about places like Tanzania and China and around the, whole, around the world. Yeah, it, it, it truly is. It's amazing. Um, in addition to Adventures by Disney, you can use your points towards the Disney Cruise Line. You know, many of our members choose to do, to do the cruise, and every year we have what we call the DVC member cruise. And uh, 
That usually happens later in the fall, uh, usually late October, early November. But it's uh, when our ship is, is one of the ships is chartered out completely by DVC members. Um, I had the opportunity of being there when in, in 2006. And uh, on the DVC member cruise, we also had a lot of featured speakers, uh, a lot of Disney Disney legends and and people that um, that many of our Disney guests are, are very interested in and, and would love to hear what they have to say. And one of those people ended up being uh, Roy Disney, Walt Disney's nephew, was on the ship. And it was fantastic. Uh, the president of Disney Vacation Club, Jim Lewis, had a sit-down kind of talk with, uh, with Roy. And it was at the Walt, Walt Disney Theater there on the ship. And so, you know, we all sat down as we uh, witnessed their, their interview. And it was, it was just amazing. And, you know, Roy is just one of those guys. He, you know, he'll, he'll say hi to everybody. You know, he's uh, very, very uh, comfortable you know, walking and talking to everybody. He spent some time on the beach while while we were docked over at Castaway Key, and which you know is Disney's private island there. And uh, a poor guy, he got he got a little mob though. You know, everybody <laughs> wanted to have a little bit of his time, but he was okay with it. You know, and uh, spent some time out there, came back on the ship. So that those are some of the things that our, our members can use their their points towards as well. Um, you know, we mentioned some of the places outside of again Disney and. And some of the places that you mentioned, but and, and just going back to Hawaii, we have over 27 resorts in Hawaii alone that you can use your points towards. You know, and those are many times week-long stays. We have some of those stays where they, while they are maybe week-long, we have many resort destinations around the world that allow you to have nightly stays as well. And of course, those are a different amount of points. Michael, in talking about some of the other destinations worldwide that people can go, you happen to mention that there's uh, resorts in Hawaii that Disney guests can go and enjoy. But one thing they might not realize is that there will soon be a Disney Vacation Club resort of its own in Hawaii. Oh, indeed. Uh, a new addition to the Disney Vacation Club family is going to be the Ko- Koalina Resort, Disney's Koalina Resort, um, which is going to be there in Hawaii. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful island resort Um I've only seen the conceptual drawings just yet. It's not set to open until 2011. So many of our members are, are really looking forward to that, trying to figure out how soon they can they can uh, buy into it so that they can become members there as well and have that as one of their home resorts as well. Because, again, with that home resort priority period, you get that 11-month booking window, so you can start making res- those reservations early. Um, many of our, our, our members on the West Coast were very al- also very intrigued to find out that we were expanding Disney's Grand Californian Resort out at Disneyland, at the Disneyland Resort, uh, so they can start using their points there and have another place to call home on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm personally excited about Hawaii. I've been there for my honeymoon a long time ago, but to know that you've got a place that's truly paradise on Earth, now bringing that Disney exceptional quality of service and quality of accommodations and that quote-unquote Disney magic that they're able to transplant from the theme parks to the resorts um, makes it even more enticing. Can you imagine, I mean, really, just being in Hawaii, (laughs) laying on the beach, and having that true Disney guest service there with you um, while you're on vacation for your family, that true family destination, you know, that's one of the things that... um, keeps families coming back to Disney and has kept them coming back for over 50 years. It's just that true 
uh, Disney touch of, of, of family and, and respect and values. And uh, being able to take that abroad to, to places like uh, Hawaii is just, it's just a grand slam. It's, it's, it's a great idea. I'm really glad that, that Disney Vacation Club is going that route. And uh, our members are very excited about it as well. You know, Michael, I had one other question that I thought about as well, which is what happens in certain situations whereas maybe the, the parents who, who buy the DVC membership, they pass away as they get older in, in time, or if they want to gift it, if they want to, if my parents decide that they want to buy me the Animal Kingdom villas and want to gift it to me, yeah. can you transfer it that way and can you pass it down to your kids? You absolutely can, and that's one of the great, great things about the Disney Vacation Club is that uh, you can transfer or will your membership. So when you do, or when, when, when members are coming in to, to purchase this uh, for their families, again, you know, they're buying what is, you know, almost a 50-year membership in most cases. Um, many of the, these members that, that may come in, they, they may already be, you know, in their 50s or 60s. So they realize that, you know, unless there's some marvel of technology that allows them to grow to be 120 years old, uh, you know, things happen. And so they can always put this into a will. And indeed, it is willed to their children or willed to whoever they'd like for it to be willed to. It can also be transferred in that um, if, you know, Lou wants you to become a member and you decide that you no longer want to vacation here at Disney or around the world, which... Blasphemy! <laughs> exactly. But if that happens to be the case, you can transfer it to your children or you can transfer it to a family member, you know, however you'd like to do that, uh, because it is indeed your membership. Well, let me ask you this then. Say, for example, 2008, I can't go for whatever reason. You know, kids are in school, I'm really busy. Again... God forbid I couldn't get down here, but I couldn't get down here, but my cousins want to come down or my uncle comes down. They can, I can make a reservation and they could use my points? Absolutely. You would call member services, the, the team that I told you about that takes care of all of your reservations and your flights and everything, but you would call them to set up the reservation in your family's name. However, whoever you want to come down or your friends, if you wanted to send your friends down, you would set the vacation up or the set the reservation up in their name. And then they would then check in under your membership. As long as you were the one making that reservation, you can have anybody that you want to come down here, experience that magic with you. All right. So we've talked about, you know, some of the differences and some of the advantages and why we're going to save money by by buying DVC, the level of service we're going to get. Um, I know from hearing you talk, you know, I'm a little bit more convinced than maybe I was before because some of those questions have been answered for me. But I, I think a lot of people, you know, you're walking through, you see the kiosks in the park, and you say, ah, you know what, I, I don't want to go in there. I'm afraid it's going to be like one of those timeshare things. I'm going to get scooped up in a van and dropped off in some conference room somewhere and locked in there for six hours yeah. until I sign a document um, to leave. Uh, you know, I'm on vacation. I don't want to take away from my vacation. Tell us, you know, allay some of those fears for everybody about what happens when you walk into that kiosk. What's the experience like from when you get into the kiosk? When you go to our Disney Vacation Club kiosk, like I said, it can be for as simple as asking for directions uh, to asking what Disney Vacation Club is all about. And, you know, many, many people are, are they're very scared to ask those questions because experiences in the past or what they've heard of um, at other places have shown them that, you know, it's probably not the best thing to do is go up and ask questions if you really don't want to know the answers. But what we find, though, is that... Um, with the Disney Vacation Club, it's a very, you know, no pressure situation. All we want to do, what we plan to do and, and what we strive to do is to make our members knowledgeable, make our guests knowledgeable of what Disney has to offer. Um, 
you know, when you're coming here to the parks, you want to know everything that the park has to offer. When you go into our resorts, you want to know everything that the resorts have to offer. And just being a bigger part of Disney with Disney Vacation Club, we want you to know what Disney Vacation Club has to offer to you. Because if you're going to be here at Disney and you're spending your money to vacation anyway, we want to let you know how there's, that there is actually a better way to spend your money and to vacation around the world. And so... Um, what our ASAs will do is just give you really really basic information as to how the Disney Vacation Club works. Answers a lot of those questions that our members might have. You know, is it a timeshare or, you know, how much does it cost? And, and what are these points all about? And where can I stay? And, um, you know, they don't go into too much detail because that's what the open house is all about. You come to the open house and you'll be able to, to actually see the model rooms. You'll be able to see the, the uh, accommodations that you can stay in at Disney Saratoga Springs Resort. Uh, or you can even see the model rooms for the Disney's Animal Kingdom Village. You'll be able to see that, touch it, feel it, get a true understanding of it. And what our Disney Vacation Club guides, the ones who are taking you around uh, to show you these places, what they want to do is make sure that, again, that we're, we're catering to the way that you vacation, that your family vacations, not the way that we want you to vacation. Um, so again, it's a very no-pressure situation where um, we want you to make the, the, the most educated decision and we want you to realize um, that you know, while Disney Vacation Club may not be for everybody, uh, it, it is for most for, for most of our members, and we find many of those members who decided to walk past the the DVC kiosks in the park. They'd seen them five, ten years ago, and they you know one, one maybe the wife wanted to go over, and the hubby's like, no, no, don't go over there. They're going to get you. You know, um, they end up joining later. And they always, always end up telling us, goodness gracious, if we would have only done this 10 years ago, five years ago. And what I always tell them is that, you know what, as long as you're not saying that five or 10 years from now, you've made the right decision. You're doing good. And, and, and it really has, has shown just one, it has done wonders for so many families. Excellent. If people, if people want to learn more, uh, maybe either before their next trip or maybe they kind of just want to take some baby steps and not even talk to somebody, maybe learn a little bit more while they're at home, is there any place they can go online? Is there anything that they can, any kind of materials that they can get sent to them? Yes, absolutely. They can always go to DisneyVacationClub.com or they can go to DVC.Disney.Go.com. And um, you can request a DVD, just a request information. Uh, to see what it is we're talking about. You can under, understand a little bit more about the flexibility and the affordability, the, con, the convenience and the exciting parts about the Disney Vacation Club, all that it has to, has to offer. And if you want to go further and find out more information, our Disney Vacation Club guides are always willing to assist and give you more information on that. All right, well, Michael Collier, Quality Assurance Manager for the Disney Vacation Club and... 2006 Walt Disney World Ambassador. I want to thank you very much for taking the time, answering some of these questions for us, clearing up some of these things, and uh, and tell us a little bit more about what Disney's Vacation Club really is. Well, Lou, I want to thank you again for just coming by to ask these questions because again, many many of our guests are kind of scared to ask these questions, and and so I think this gives them a great forum to hear a lot of these answers for themselves, get an idea of what what it is that they need to know, and and uh, maybe next time they're in our parks or in our resorts, they will stop by that kiosk and say, hey, I heard a little bit about this. I'd like to learn a little bit more about it, or maybe going online at DisneyVacationClub.com to get that information as well. Um, but you know, as I told you before, you have a, a, a great passion around Disney, and, and, and it shows through your radio, and uh, we appreciate it as well. Thanks very much. Now, uh, take me inside and show me those Animal Kingdom Lodge villas. All right, let's go. <laughs>
As I mentioned last week, with April 22nd marking not just Earth Day, but the 10th anniversary of the opening of Disney's Animal Kingdom, I wanted to feature on the show more than just the magic that we see on stage, but more importantly, what goes on backstage. For that's where the magic really takes place in a variety of ways, and thanks to the hard work and dedication of so many talented cast members. So often when we talk about Walt Disney World, the topic invariably turns to food. The quality, the wide variety of choices to satisfy any palate, and just how exceptional the offerings are. But we as humans aren't the only ones that eat at Walt Disney World, and eat very well. Because at the Animal Nutrition Center, as they say, it's all about food. And you may not realize that the animals here at Disney's Animal Kingdom and other locations around the Walt Disney World Resort eat just as well as we humans do. Thanks again to the help of the Walt Disney World Company this week, I once again have another exclusive interview to bring to you. This week, I'm joined by Gary, who's a zoological manager at Disney's Animal Kingdom's Animal Nutrition Center. He's going to take us backstage and show us just how the thousands of animals from hundreds of different species are fed and cared for each and every day. We'll start with Gary introducing us to some of the gourmet kitchens backstage where we conducted the interview and just what goes on there. Enjoy. Gary, like I said, why don't you tell us a little about, you know, where we are backstage. Okay, we're located uh, backstage uh, behind Conservation Station. Uh, we have an actual working kitchen uh, that you would see in most uh, facilities, any restaurants or hotels. Uh, the food is top-notch quality that we get from the Disney Warehouse. It's the same stuff that you would buy at a grocery store. It's human-grade quality, the top-notch. Um, Looking in our kitchen, we have uh, a variety of prep stations that we try to keep our stations uh, based on taxon. Uh, we have one station that uh, takes care of all primates. And then we have a station that we actually uh, keep all of our meat and fish products. Uh, we try to keep the cross-contamination to a minimal. And uh, then we have one station that we specialize in gel products. Uh, the gel products is stuff that we can use supplements or any kind of medical item we put into a gelatin product uh, so we can hide that because most animals are just like humans. Uh, they don't like taking medicine. They don't like taking vitamins. Uh, after first uh, day, fine. The second day is fine. That third day, they're not interested. So we have to use a lot of tricks, and one of the tricks is use a, a gel product. It sounds like feeding your kids the same way, kind of sneaking food in with the uh, with their with their sweet foods. But uh, you know, there's so many animals when we talk about Animal Kingdom. Uh, obviously, all of them need to be fed. Like I said, you talked a little bit about some of the different stations. About how many different animals need to be fed on a daily basis? Uh, that's approximately uh, about 400 different animals. So we're talking about uh, you know not just running out to the publics and picking up uh, picking up a couple of grocery bags full of food. How do you, what kind of food do you actually have brought in? What's actually grown here? Um, and then how do you sort of go through? Tell me about a, a typical day of preparing the food for the animals. Okay, uh, our, our produce, like I said, comes from the Disney Warehouse. Uh, we get deliveries three times a week uh, in the morning. Uh, most of our other products, like uh, grain and supplements, are usually once a week um, that we buy from commercial vendors. 
Uh, then we do have fresh browse, and browse is something that's uh, like banana leaves or acacia ficus or cactus pads or roses. It's stuff that's uh, grown, and we have over 150 acres here at Walt Disney uh, that all of our browse is grown. Uh, and that is fed out daily to all of our animals. Uh, and browse can be used for like an enrichment for the animals, but also it's put out so the animals can uh, protect our exhibits. Um, the animals will go out there and we want to try to keep the exhibits uh, nice and green. And without browse, they'll start eating the exhibit itself. So, for example, specifically like the safari, so you don't want them actually eating the scenery. You want that you bring out special food specifically for them. Yes, that's correct. The uh, elephants alone will get about 2,000 pounds of browse a day. Wow. And, and what, what does a typical elephant eat in that 2,000 pounds? Is it all uh, plants or is it some vegetables and fruits? Uh, the elephants will uh, get their maintenance diet, which is a uh, herbivore grain product. I also get coastal hay. Uh, then they do some training with the animal, which will be apples, carrots, and sweet potatoes. Then while on exhibit, it's again the 2,000 pounds of different browse items, which could be uh, penicetum, willow, banana leaves, uh, grass flats, anything that you would see out in a forest or a green setting. So the animals are fed both on stage as well as backstage, when, because not all the animals are on stage at the same time, correct? That's correct. Uh, typically, an animal can get fed at least twice a day, uh, usually an AM diet and a PM diet. Uh, and the AM usually will be uh, on show, and the PM will probably be uh, off show. Uh, most animals are food motivated, so they help get that transition, an animal on and off exhibit or off show. Uh, they use that food, and they also use audio cues um, to get the animals to go in and off show. Okay. And tell us about the staff here. Um, how many people do you have working on the staff? And I have to assume because so many animals, you know, maybe some eat more during the day, some are more nocturnal. How do you kind of do that rotation? Okay. Um, well, our cast here start at 5 a.m. We have 22 cast members. Uh, we have one nutritionist, uh, one lab specialist, then a wide variety of cast that prepare the diets and deliver to each area. Uh, we prepare our diets throughout the day and deliver them to each of the animal areas. Then it's up to our cast members in the animal areas to uh, cut the diets even further, uh, put them out on exhibit, uh, locate them in specific spots, uh, and feed. Then we also have a night team that takes care of a few animals just specifically at night, including the uh, endangered key lugger wood rats. And what about the background of some of the cast members? Are they, are they about veterinary medicine? Are they you know, cast members that might just start off from the college program? So, for example, the reason why I'm asking is if somebody says, hey, I really have an interest in working with animals, I'd love to work in this sort of division, what kind of background would they need to have? Uh, typically, you'd look for a biology, animal science, animal management. Uh, we do have four college interns that rotate on a six-month assignment. Uh, but we also have a wide variety of uh, backgrounds, uh, including um, food prep and restaurants, um, business management, entertainment. So we do have a wide variety. And usually, we have a program that's called a uh, trainee assistant, where we take a cast member throughout Disney. Uh, they apply the interview. And it could be from any line of business, and they're with us for six months, and we teach them the line of business of uh, animal food prep. And Disney's Animal Kingdom is not the only place on property where there are live animals. People might forget that you actually have live animals that need to be fed in places like the Living Seas. Is that prep taken care of here as well, or is that taken care of over in Epcot? Uh, actually, we prepare our aquatic fish gel that's delivered to Epcot, then the... Uh, cast members over there take care of the feeding of the animals, but we do deliver or make the gel and uh, deliver it to them. But we do all the diet preparation and delivery to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. 
Now, for, you talked about you know preparing food specifically for the taxonomy of each animal and the species and whatnot. What about individual animals? Are there indi- do any or all the animals have individual dietary requirements and have to have a special food made just for them? Uh, yes, actually, the way it starts out, an animal's diet would be kind of a maintenance diet that's uh, generic for that you know, particular group of animals, like a lion. But once you get to that point, uh, you take into consideration uh, the size of the animal, if it's underweight or overweight. Uh, also, look at some of its metal conditions. If it's geriatric, it might have teeth that's worn down. So, you might have to change its diet uh, from either like a ground food to a uh, more ground up to a mush based. Um, so you look at the health of the animal, the uh, size and body condition of the animal, and also just its general personality. Some animals uh, a lot of times may not like the same thing that the next animal. Uh, gorillas, uh, primates are a prime example. Um, they get enrichment every day, but they may like prunes one day, but that might be for two of them. Uh, but the other two don't like prunes. So we have to kind of take that in consideration and offer them something else. So I guess a lot of the animals seem to have their own distinct personalities. When they come in here... How long does it take them, on average, to sort of get acclimated to this new style and the new type of food? Because obviously they're not getting this gourmet-style food out in the wild. Uh, Transition can take anywhere from uh, two weeks to six weeks, uh, depending on where they came from, if they were wild-caught or if they were coming from another institution and what diet they were on. Uh, But we try to do the transition pretty quickly between a two- to six-week period. When we were walking here before, they had demonstrated to us some of the foods that are mixed in with what the animals eat. We're seeing some Gerber rice cereal. I've also seen Pedialyte, which I'm, anybody who has kids is familiar with. Are those uh, more for medicinal purposes? Are they for flavor purposes? Uh, well, we use it for uh, two different purposes. One can be enrichment, which is something that entices an animal's natural behavior on exhibit. Um, but also, a lot of times, we try to use stuff for medical items. Like I said, if an animal uh, is on a medical uh, shot or needs to take a pill, um, a lot of times they won't take that just as is. So we have to use different tricks of the trade. Uh, we can use oatmeal, uh, applesauce, uh, apple juice, um, Oatmeal is a prime example, and we hide that medicine in there uh, so that it gives them that flavor, that taste to uh, take the medicine. Now, one of my next questions was going to be, what, what are some of the, the more unique items that animals eat? But on the table behind you, I see a box of live worms. Tell me about um, who would be getting the live worms. Well, your live worms is used for a lot of your insect-eating birds. Uh, we, the only animals here at Disney's Animal Kingdom that we feed out live is mealworms, waxworms, and crickets. And most of those go to insect-eating birds and mammals. Uh, as far as unique foods, um, I would say probably Big Newtons is used occasionally for medical items. Um, also Jell-O. Uh, but we try to keep the Jell-O as clear, like a lime or a blueberry, we try to avoid dark colors because uh, we want to allow our cast members, as they're feeding the animals, uh, to distinguish between the food item versus if it's blood or not. So we try to use light-colored uh, food colorings and jellos. So now earlier you had talked about how there were really about 450 different species of animals that you have to you know, prepare food for. How many, in, in bottom-line numbers, animals are we talking about? Uh, approximately 2,000 animals total here at Disney's Animal Kingdom and Animal Kingdom Lodge. And like I said, that's about four and a half tons of food today. Now, we're actually standing in, I guess, one of the, your smaller warehouses. Give us an idea of some of the items that obviously people can't see, but, but we, we're taking a look at in here. Uh, looking in the, uh, our hay and grain room, we have a wide variety of uh, grain products. Currently, we use up to 81 different types of products, grain products. Uh, most of them are commercially made. Uh, some of them are local. 
Uh, we also have some coastal hay, Timothy hay, alfalfa, and straw. Uh, the straw is actually used for bedding, uh, while all the hay products is used for diets. Now, you talk about a lot of the hay products and grain products, but we know that not every animal here is an herbivore, so I have to assume that there have to be some meat products that have to come in. How, how do you guys handle that? Uh, we buy a commercial meat product uh, that's especially uh, made for zoo in, uh, animals in the zoo industry. Uh, but we also use a wide variety of uh, prey items, which would include frozen fish. Uh, we use trout, smelt, capelin, sardines, and herring. Uh, we also use what we like to say is rodents, because here at Disney's Animal Kingdom, we don't like to say certain words to upset uh, Mickey Mouse. Uh, but we also use uh, anoles. Uh, we use uh, bones. Uh, mo- bones are used mostly for all of our bit cats, uh, which helps generate healthy teeth. Uh, and approximately, we use over uh, 6,700 different meat and prey items uh, through any given week. All right, so you basically prepare everything here at the center. Tell me about actually distributing it, distributing it out throughout Animal Kingdom, the other places on property. Okay. Uh, like I said, we put all of our diets here. Uh, we're approximately 90% is all prepared, weighed out. All the keepers have to do is just uh, dump in a bowl, and it's all ready for the animal. Uh, the 10% is actually some of our larger hoof stock. We actually deliver 50-pound bags of grain to the areas, and they empty them in containers, and they weigh out in those individual areas. Uh, with that, they also take care of the coastal hay, which they actually weigh out. They don't estimate. They actually put it on a scale, weigh it out to the exact gram, then give out to the individual animals. Uh, Here at Animal Kingdom, our drivers uh, start the morning at 5 a.m. and deliver throughout the park. Uh, They also go over to the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and twice a week they go over to Epcot uh, to the Living Seas. And on any given day, we'll approximately put 50 miles on two different vehicles um, to deliver the diets and all the items that they need for a given day. Gary, I'm wondering if, like people, animals' diets or animals' appetites, if do they change or is there some sort of a, a pattern, maybe seasonally, that, that the different animals have to eat different foods? Yes, actually, the seasons and climate can play a big part in the animal's appetite. A uh, prime example would be our Nile crocodiles. Um, from the early spring to early fall, it, they actually get a prey item uh, once a month. Then during the rest of the period, they actually get a specialized pelleted form that's specially made for crocodiles. But when it hits the fall, they actually reduce their appetite because uh, they kind of their appetite is reduced and they only get a pelleted form once a month and no prey items. And other than maybe seeing um, animals eating the browse like on the safari, is there any place for guests to be able to actually watch animals being fed or, or eating throughout the day? Um, here at Animal Kingdom, there's no specific time. Uh, our animals are usually fed uh, before the parks open or usually after the parks close. Um, over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, you would have a great opportunity as a guest staying there at the lodge to see them out on the savannas feeding the animals uh, food items or browse. But here at Animal Kingdom itself, uh, it would be sporadic if they were doing a specific training item, but there was no set time. You would just have to enjoy the exhibits here at the park, and if you see one, uh, enjoy that magical moment. What about maybe on the, on the safari? Is there maybe a, your little secret to the best time of the day, maybe early in the morning or later on in the afternoon, to watch them eating the browse? Yes, I would go extremely early. The first chance when you come to the park, uh, get on the ride. Uh, the animal's going to be a lot more active. They just went out. Uh, they just got their fresh browse on exhibit. Uh, if you don't get on the safari the first thing in the morning, then I would wait until the very last ride. 
Excellent. What I'll do is, too, is I'll put a link up in our show notes this week to where uh, listeners can get some more information. It's wdwpublicaffairs slash you go slip, uh, click on the conservation tab. Gary, I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your day. Tell us a little bit about what goes on backstage and, and all the efforts that you guys do to really make uh, Animal Kingdom such a, and all of Walt Disney World such a really amazing place for us to, to see the animals in their natural habitat. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we enjoy uh, doing what we do. We're very dedicated to the conservation and the preservation of the animals. Um, we love what we do. Uh, we try to do the best job that we can to make sure that these animals are healthy, uh, well taken care of, and so our guests can enjoy seeing the animals. Thank you very much. Thank you. I didn't get a chance to answer any of your listener email on the air last week. For that, I apologize. But let's go ahead and see how many we can get through. The first comes from Alan, who said, Hey, Lou, I really enjoy your show. I've been listening since December, and my question is this. Do the resorts frown upon guests parking at the hotels, then getting on the monorail to go over to the Magic Kingdom? I'm referring to the Grand Floridian, Contemporary, and the Polynesian, of course. I'm an annual pass holder member, so parking is free for me. Alan, thank you very much for the question. And yes, Disney does discourage this. That's not what the annual pass free parking is meant to do. Uh, This is a privilege that you have to allow for resort parking for guests who are going to be using the restaurants or the facilities at the resorts and not really a way to bypass the the TTC or not pay for parking. Where this can be used and, and should be used is, say, for example, you go to Ohana for dinner or if you visit the boardwalk to dine or have drinks or go to the, some of the clubs, etc. You can park at the boardwalk using valet parking, use your annual pass and park for free. And you should know that when you do go to any of these resorts, like the Polynesian, you will be stopped at the security gate. You will be asked why you're going there to park. They will give you a temporary parking permit that will only give you parking for a couple of hours. So again, this is not meant to be a way to gain entrance to the theme parks without paying for parking. Sue wrote to me and said, Lou, I'm going to Orlando for a business trip at the end of May. I know this is a huge stretch, but is there any way to get discounted tickets for, say, only evening hours or half a day? I want to go, but know I can only go in the evenings, but don't want to pay for a full day. Like I said, there probably is no such animal, but if someone would know, it would be you. Thanks, hope you're well. And again, that's from Sue, a listener in Fairfax, and she said, fellow 2007 half marathon participant. Well, Sue, there are no half-day tickets available unless you are a Florida resident, and that's a pass that'll give you admission to Epcot only in the afternoon and evenings after 4 p.m. That's used by locals who only want to go to Epcot, say, for example, to go to the restaurants or maybe enjoy Illuminations, hit an attraction or two if they can. However, there is something called a convention ticket option. That is an after 4 p.m. convention delegate ticket. Those are about $40 to $43. Those are available from Disney for corporate and group group events. You didn't give many details about what kind of trip you're going on, where it is, if it's on property. If so, you should check with the group or uh, individual that's organizing 
the uh, the conference or whatever that you're going to because they may have secured these type of tickets from Disney. Again, you cannot purchase these tickets online or at the gate, but you or whoever is coordinating your group might want to go to DisneyMeetings.Disney.Go.com for more information and possible availability. And speaking of conventions, Paul in Texas wrote and said, Lou, my wife has a three-day business convention in Orlando this August, and I've convinced her to let me go with her. And with them, we'll stay a few extra days after the convention's over and go to the parks without the kids. During the days, she's very busy with her meetings, and I'm looking forward to some relaxation and getting to walk around and experience some of the -the out-of-the-park wonders. I already plan on a thorough visit of downtown Disney and the boardwalk area, but I was wondering if it would be worthwhile to visit Disney's wide world of sports. Is there anything to tour or see there? Do you have to pay the daily admission, which I think is around $11 per person per day, to go or if you just want to go and visit an event. I haven't seen a schedule that far out yet for any potential sporting events going on during my stay. I'm a big sports fan and think this would be interesting, but I just want to know what I can expect. Are there any other out-of-the-parks things that I should put on my itinerary? Love the podcast and all the great advice and insight you give on every show. Can't wait for your help on this one again. That's from Paul in Texas. Paul, I also checked the Wide World of Sports website, and although I did see things uh, through May and June, there wasn't anything that far out. However, I do know that in July, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do start training camp, and I believe that will probably run through August, so I'm not exactly sure when your trip is, but you might actually be able to catch them there. I do not believe there's any admission to go and watch the team practice, but I would keep an eye on the Wide World of Sports website. I'll put a link to that up in this week's show notes uh, to find out exactly what's there. If there are no events going on, you may be able to gain admission. I know there is no fee to park, Uh, and kind of walk around, but I don't know what exactly uh, of the facilities might actually be open and available for you to tour on your own. Kelly wrote to me and said, Lou, I was just listening to show number 52, and I remember a AAA-sponsored lounge in Tomorrowland over by the stage area where the Christmas show is presented. Is that still open? Kelly, I believe the lounge you're talking about is the AAA VIP lounge. That's located in Tomorrowland to the right-hand side of the Carousel of Progress. That is not for AAA employees, but instead for those who may have booked their travel through AAA. When you do book your vacation through AAA, you do get some exclusive member benefits for a package of three or more nights, including access to the VIP lounge in Tomorrowland. That gives you a place for a little air-conditioned break, some light snacks and refreshments. You also get a diamond card. Uh, That gives you price breaks on certain meals in participating locations. You also get AAA Diamond Parking, which is preferred parking at all of the uh, Walt Disney World theme parks. And I believe there's also some other discounted packages. So if you are a AAA member, that might be uh, an option that you want to pursue when looking to book your trip. Next email says, Lou, my husband and I will be staying at the boardwalk on May 2nd, and we need to know if we can enter the International Gateway before the official World Showcase opening to get over to Future World. It would be kind of silly to have to ride a bus to Epcot to get in before 11, don't you think? Thanks for all you do. That's from Kim in Tallinn, Connecticut. Kim, thank you for the email. And yes, I have good news for you. You can take the International Gateway, which is accessible from Disney's Boardwalk, into World Showcase even before World Showcase opens at 11. Remember, Epcot's Future World normally opens at 9. World Showcase doesn't open till 11. However, if you access Epcot... Through the International Gateway, you'll see that the bridge towards France is closed off. There'll be a cast member there preventing you from going that way. You will be directed to the left-hand side, which will take you through the United Kingdom and Canada to give you access to Future World. But I have to say, it's actually very cool to kind of walk that way in the morning because there's nobody there and kind of gives you a very unique look at the pavilions. You can't really browse through. The shops aren't open. The attractions aren't open. But it's nice to kind of feel as though you have that little part of uh, World Showcase all to yourself. 
Next email comes from Jeff in Crown Point, Indiana, who said, Hey, Lou, I was wondering if you or your listeners might help me out with something. Starting with our honeymoon, my wife and I have bought Mickey ears for every trip to the world that we've taken. We'll try to tailor the ears to help us remember the trip. Jack-o'-lantern ears for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and the Year of a Million Dreams light-up are just a few examples. Therefore, we have a lot of ears. And up to this point, we've just been setting them on a shelf, but I was wondering if you had any ideas of a better way to display them. I thought you might ask your listeners to suggest ideas. Thanks, Lou. Love the show. Jeff. Jeff, that's a great idea, and I'm sure you're probably not the only one that collects Mickey ears. I will leave the creative aspects up to the listeners. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to go over and start a thread on the WDW Radio Show forums on DisneyWorldTrivia.com. I'll ask the listeners to go on over and see if they can come up with any sort of creative ideas for you and anybody else that wants to try and display their Mickey ears at home. Next email says, Dear Lou, I seem to bother you once a month, but hopefully this should be it for a while. Never a bother. But anyway, I have three questions, and unfortunately I think the third might stump you, but I'll have every faith that you'll answer it. The first question... My aunt, uncle, and their five children, ages 3 to 12, are going to Walt Disney World April 23rd through the 29th. After finding out about all the extra stuff from your podcasts, I was wondering if you knew of any testings, soft openings, real openings, special events, etc., and general extra stuff during that time. I'd love for my cousins to go back and tell their classmates about how they rode X before it opened. Well, you might be in luck because there is a possibility that Toy Story Mania might actually be open for a soft opening. Again, this is a total hit or miss. It's not something that they'll find on a schedule, but they might just get lucky if they kind of walk by that area a number of times. They might just have some soft openings for an hour or two throughout the day. Other things that are going on that they can tell their classmates about is the 15th annual Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival that I've talked about on the show before. That's going on until June 1st. And depending on what time they arrive on the 23rd, that's actually one of the nights for Mickey's Pirate and Princess Party over in the Magic Kingdom. So if they really want to try and plus their vacation, do something a little extra special, they can attend the Pirate and Princess Party, which is always a good time. Question two. The oldest broke her wrist last week. And while I don't know when the cast will be taken off, chances are very good that if she isn't in the cast during her time at Disney, it'll only be because the cast was taken off very recently. What type of attractions could she safely ride with or without the cast is there any special treatment because she broke her wrist? Uh, because of the type of injury she has, there probably won't be any special accommodations given, whereas she wouldn't have to wait in line because it's not something where she can't stand for a long time, etc. I can't think of anything off the top of my head regarding safety concerns, uh, although her score on Buzz Lightyear might suffer just a little bit. Maybe she can't drive uh, a car over at the Indy Speedway. She may have difficulty sort of holding her funnel cake with one hand, trying to break off a piece and eat it with the other. So I'd use some extreme caution there. But other than that, she probably wouldn't have any problems um, on most of the rides, again, depending on how large and, and uncomfortable the cast might be. Question three, which has nothing to do with my previous questions, is this. I'm a Darkwing Duck fan, and after listening to your description of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, I realize that Darkwing is the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride of cartoons. You have realistic-looking guns, realistic shootings, off-screens, quote-unquote non-Disney death, such as Dark Wings in one episode, and humor that no kid would get, like an entire episode that was a parody of Twin Peaks. No kid would get that. Sorry for the long intro and all the parentheses, but my question boils down to this. Is Darkwing Duck anywhere in the parks? I know there was a show with him in it around 92, but is there anything in the parks today? Sarah, I don't believe that Darkwing Duck can be found anywhere in the parks still as a walk-around character that you can interact with. But you're right, he was featured in the parks back in uh, 90, 91, 92 in Mickey's Magical TV World show. It then became the Disney Afternoon show in Birthday Land. Uh, I know the Gummy Bears were featured there for about one year in 90 or 91. 
Then Darkwing came back, and then the DuckTales characters were later replaced by the Goof Troop. So I don't believe, other than maybe a, a photo of him here and there, you might not be able to find him in the parks. Uh, you go on to say, thanks for the great work. The recent snacks around the world brought back great memories of my family pastry from around the world segment. Napoleon won, Baklava was second, but I remember very fond of the gloaming horn and creme brulee. And because of you, Sunday is now my favorite day of the week. Sarah, Sarah, thank you very much uh, for the email and great questions. The last email this week is going to come from Craig, who said, Lou, I just don't get the barcode changes for park entrance. Today, your ticket information is stored on the magnetic stripe on the key to the world card. What would be stored on a barcode that isn't already or couldn't be stored on the magnetic stripe? I guess I just don't see any advantage to adding a barcode in addition to the existing magnetic stripe. This doesn't seem to provide any more protection from transferring tickets than just a barcode, and it doesn't add the capability to store information that isn't already available with the magnetic stripe. Do you have any further thoughts or explanation that didn't make it onto the show? Thanks, Craig. Craig, when I was down in Walt Disney World a couple of weeks ago, I did see these in use in the turnstiles at the Magic Kingdom, though they weren't being used at all the turnstiles at all times. Uh, when we entered during a very busy part of the day, they had the scanning system on, again, on just random turnstiles here and there. Now, instead of pulling your card out, putting it through the slot, waiting for the green light to come on, having to scan your finger and then get access th through the, the actual turnstile, the cast member simply takes your card, scans it, the barcode as you walk through. It's much, much quicker, and I think that's really the purpose of it as opposed to trying to include additional information on the card. What this really does is it takes the guest interaction out of the equation. So now a guest that might not be familiar with how the finger scanner works doesn't have to worry about where they put the card, putting the finger on, or did I use my left hand, my right hand, my middle finger, my index finger, and all the things that slow down the process. As I said, I definitely saw better throughput, and I'm not sure if they're going to use this system exclusively or just during the busy periods, but if that is the purpose of it, it definitely does work as far as making the process much, much quicker. So that's all the time I have for email this week. I appreciate you all sending in your emails. If you have a question, a comment, anything that you want answered, feel free to email me at lou at wdwradio.com. You can also call the voicemail anytime at 206-202-4WDW. Thank you for tuning in again this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. A very special thanks goes out to the Walt Disney World Company and specifically Michael Collier, the Quality Assurance Manager for Disney's Vacation Club. You can learn more about the DVC by visiting DisneyVacationClub.com. I also want to thank Gary from Disney's Animal Nutrition Center and everyone else backstage at Disney's Animal Kingdom who spent time with me recently during my visit. As we get closer to Disney's Animal Kingdom's 10th anniversary event next month, I'll have more from Disney's Animal Kingdom as well as the Wild Decade event in the parks, which I'll be attending and covering for the show. I also have a few surprises and some very special guests in store for you over the next few weeks, so please be sure and stay tuned. If you want to be a part of the show and get on the air, the easiest way is simply to call in to the WDW Radio Show voicemail hotline at 206-202-4WDW. That's 206-202-4939. You can call in with your questions, comments, topic suggestions, reviews, reports, and anything else including just a phone call from the parks. You can also email me your questions at lou at wdwradio.com to have your questions answered on the show. Please come by the show notes page at wdwradio.com. There I'll post additional information, photos, and links to topics I cover on the show each week. 
You'll also find links to the WDW Radio Show forums at DisneyWorldTrivia.com, where you can log in and discuss anything you hear on the show. You're also going to find links to some of my recommended products and services, including many valuable trip planning resources, such as Orlando Fun Tickets, where you can get the best price and best service on discounted and official Disney theme park tickets, and Owner's Locker. You can have your own secure storage locker with just about anything you can imagine inside, delivered to and from your resort. You can also find links to my recommended travel provider, Mouse Fan Travel, as well as so much more. And be sure and check out the new issue of Orlando Attractions Magazine at attractionsmagazine.com, which includes information about all of the local Orlando theme parks, including a report on Animal Kingdom's Lodge and more. Don't forget that my first audio guide to Walt Disney World is now available as either a CD or instantly downloadable MP3 file, complete with all artwork at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. Also on the site, be sure and check out all the new features, including news, articles, my blog, expanded trivia section, as well as the happiest forums on Earth. And look for more information about my upcoming 2009 Walt Disney World calendar coming soon as well. Finally, if you are a fan of the show and want to show it, you can get your official WDW Radio t-shirts and sweatshirts from the link on the site as well. And as always, if you like the show, please review us on iTunes, and more importantly, please help spread the word, let others know about it. Have a great week, and thanks for tuning in again. See ya! Hey, Lou, this is Alan Lethbridge from Orlando, Florida. I just wanted to tell you, my wife and I were at Disney Hollywood Studios today and went into One Man's Dream and were awarded uh, two of the uh, pin sets, the Year of a Million Dreams pin sets by uh, uh, Holly and Avis. And uh, it was unbelievable. It was, it was so cool. Uh, first of all, I've never been to that attraction. So to go there, but to walk in and actually win the pin sets was just, that made it just even more better. And, um, and that's actually our third time winning. We won two weeks ago at the Magic Kingdom, uh, twice in one day, Dream Fast Passes at, uh, at uh, Splash Mountain and Space Mountain. So uh, you're, uh, we feel pretty lucky. So uh, I just wanted to call and let you know, uh, I love the show, been listening for a while, and uh, keep up the good work, and uh, I'll keep listening. Thanks, Lou. See you.